This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. In many southern kitchens, one of the biggest secrets is a great cake recipe, especially when it's been passed down through generations. So today on the show, we're talking about great southern cakes. From the decadent to the simple, a great cake can turn any meal into a moment to remember. So join our conversation this morning and let us know how your cake keeps the southern tradition alive. Give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can email the show, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely fantastic. So how was your weekend? Um, <clears throat> one of those where I didn't do a whole lot. Um, stayed out, out of the sun, uh, but I did uh, get on my bike for the first time in months, so that was good. I pumped up the tires and... Uh, it's just like riding a bike. You never, you never forget. <laughs> riding a bike is always a lot of fun, Kevin. It is. Uh, it's one of my my favorite things to do. Is being outside, of course. Uh, bike riding is not it, but being outside is one of my absolute favorite things to do. So I did a little bit of that this weekend. So uh, we're going to be talking about cakes today, and um, uh, Java's copy said from the decadent to the simple, and and I think this morning. You sort of took what might have been a simple and kind of kicked it up into the decadent range. So uh, tell us about what you brought in. So I'm calling this my hilarious cake. Okay. (laughs) Because I had planned to bring in a blueberry pound cake, which is very simple. A traditional um, cream cheese pound cake with uh, blueberries infused in. And um, when I got ready to take it out of the cake pan... The cake, and this has happened before to, you know, other other people as well as myself, the cake just really tore mm. and it was very unattractive and I was not going to bring that to my Monday morning man. So I had to think quick on my feet and I decided to take the cake um, and put it in a large bowl. I added in a tub of Cool Whip and I uh, created this really nice moist texture. I pressed it flat in a uh, baking dish and then I... Um, spooned on top a vanilla pudding and on top of the vanilla pudding is a blueberry ganache and on top of that is a cream cheese ganache so this cake went from a disaster to something that i could be very proud of (laughs) well as i said it went uh from uh, sort of simple to decadent because it's really really uh, very moist uh and just a a good blueberry flavor to it and as always great uh visual presentation as well so you know another thing that we've talked about is that a lot of times if you're cooking and something doesn't turn out exactly the way you want it to, uh, don't get rid of it unless you substitute sugar for salt like I did or salt mm-hmm. for sugar. That that was pretty much a, a game killer. But in your case, you had something that didn't look good but still tasted good, so you thought of a whole different way to uh, present it. So I think uh, kudos, uh, extra points for you this morning. Thank you so much, Kevin. You know, it's what I say all the time. The kitchen is really uh, one of the places, the great challenge for mankind to use their creativity. <laughs> you know, have to wake it up sometimes because there have been many times, Kevin, when I've been cooking and plan A turned into plan A plus. So, <laughs> you know, it's always pretty cool when that happens. 
So uh, we're going to be talking about cakes, southern cakes specifically this morning. Uh, so in your opinion, what, what makes a, a, a cake southern? What's a good southern cake? When a southern gal or guy cooks it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just believe southern people have like this uh, flavor palette magic in their fingers, and we do things better than everybody else in the world. <laughs> if any New Yorkers are listening, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's our birthright. <laughs> Well, you know, it's. Uh, I was doing some research just looking up online this this weekend when you knew we were to pump out cakes, and uh, Southern Living, which is kind of the one of the gold standards for uh, things Southern uh, when it comes to to food related things, had a list of a lot of Southern cakes, and it's amazing to me that you know a lot of the most popular cakes, not just in the South but across the country, kind of have their roots here in the South. So um, it must be in the genes. Well, the, the reality is, is that Southern food has its roots, um, not just as cakes, Kevin, but our food period, it, it, it migrates all over the world. And people love what we bring to the table, you know, and it's uh, on this is a, you know, a few cakes that are listed, for instance, a caramel cake, carrot cake, a hummingbird cake, which Java said he had never had before. All these uh, really decadent uh, desserts really do have their uh, bases in the South. And it was that traditional, you know, uh, having Southern Belle lunches, you know, and wanting to compete and bring the best cakes. And it was having uh, dinner on the grounds and people would bring, you know, compete who made the best cake, who fried the best chicken. And that that spirit has just progressed throughout the world. So when I'm watching food shows, and you see people doing the best macaroni and cheese. And I go, yeah, that's that's us, you know, and it's people wanting to have comfort in their lives. And I think that that's what Southerners bring. We bring great hospitality and we bring comfort to the table. And when you, you want to get fancy or something, I, I mean, a cake, I think, is an easy way to do that. You can add, you know, icings and toppings and things into the cake batter itself. So it's easy to kind of spruce up a cake and, and make it something for a special occasion. If you're listening this morning, we're looking for your input. Uh, what is your favorite cake? Maybe your favorite southern cake? Uh, do you have a recipe that you'd like to share with us? Maybe some memories that you could share of uh, cake eating when you were a child. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can always email the show as well. It's food at mpbonline.org. And, you know, what my favorite cake is on the list of Southern cakes because I believe, if I remember correctly, it was invented in, I want to say Memphis, but now I'm thinking Dallas. But anyway, Mr. German was the baker who created the German chocolate cake, uh, uh, which is my favorite. And I've had, I think, as far as back as I can remember being a kid. That is the cake I've had for my birthday my entire life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's always fun to go back and look at, uh, you know, pictures that my dad was the big collector of all the pictures that uh, years ago kind of went in the attic <clears throat> and sort of, you know, sorted through them out and sent pictures to each kid uh, that had them in them. And, and as I said, man, many pictures slicing or blowing candles on a German chocolate cake. So, so Kevin, you're in love with the cocoa. <laughs> I, what, see, I, it's, I think it's all of the. It's the chocolate. It's the uh, the pecans. It's the coconut. It um, is. It's a very delicious whimsical cake, and it's just happy in your mouth. 
just makes your heart happy. That's right. There's all that going on. You got the crunch and, and the, uh, like say, the coconut in there. And I do, though, I do get a little upset when someone tries to pass off a plain chocolate cake as German <laughs> chocolate. Because it's n- not, not that I'm dissing on a chocolate cake now. <laughs> I mean, because if there was a slice of each in front of me, they would have two empty plates. But uh, but a German chocolate is a, is a little bit different. I think it's a little bit lighter than kind of a regular chocolate. Um, but anyway, so that I should say that's just my memories of having that. And again, we're looking uh, for your input this morning. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So Deborah, do you remember the first cake that you learned how to bake? Absolutely. Not only do I remember the first cake, I remember the year uh, because it started my cooking journey, uh, Kevin, and that was in 2011 in May. Uh, I was not a chef, a baker or a cook. I was uh, not even a girl that wanted to go into the kitchen before that day. And so you remember this story that I've shared with you. I literally walked into my kitchen and I said a little prayer. Um, And then the following day, I was inspired to bake my first cake, which was a buttered cream pound cake. Oh, wow. And um, I was so excited, like a little kid, you know, it was measuring the things and putting it all together and then watching this magic happen. And I took the cake to my mom because it was so pretty. And um, when I got to her house and we took the cover off the cake and she looked at it, she says, baby, who cooked this cake? <laughs> and I said, mom, I did. And she looked at me, but you would have to know my mother. She's, uh, she could be first cousins to the queen. She's, you know, just kind of got that thing about her. And she said, baby, don't lie to me. <laughs> I've gotten a similar sort of thing when you you say something and who made this? You say, I made it. The person looks at you and said, "You made this." <laughs> right? It's always hilarious, and I think that it, it 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 for me in that moment because what she said to me next really I think added to where I am now. She says, "If you did it." Because she honestly did not believe me. She said, go do it again. You know, and it's bad when other people don't believe you. But when your mama, Kevin, don't believe you. (laughs) Mom, my heart is still hurt from that if you're listening. (laughs) I need therapy. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We need to take a quick break. Uh, we're looking for your input this morning. Give us a phone call and share your cake stories with us. The number is one mpb ring It's one 672 An easy way to make a cake is from the box, but when we get back, we'll talk about making a cake from scratch. Mmm. <laughs> Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about cakes, specifically southern cakes this morning, and looking for your input as we do each Monday morning. If you have a favorite cake recipe you'd like to share with us, maybe some memories from your childhood or adulthood, sharing cakes with your friends and family, uh, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can always email the show as well. Send it to food at mpbonline.org. Uh, and uh, 
We've got an email coming in, I think. Oh, yeah, it's okay. uh, right across uh, where it, it just came in, like hot off the press. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, since uh, you just teased that we were going to talk about making cakes from scratch, uh, Sally Wilcox, she sent in an email and said, when adding liquid and flour to a recipe, why do you add the flour last? Uh I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not a chef. I don't know. <laughs> Deborah. Well, um, before that, that's an interesting, Deborah, because I was thinking about, we would talk about, you know, tips for making cakes from scratch. And one of the ones that I remember from when I make my pound cake is it's very specific about alternating and finishing up with the dry ingredient. Do you, do you know why? Well, basically the, the, the dry ingredients, of course, is what really makes the body of the cake. And you want to infuse that last little bit of flour in because it, it does, uh, for lack of better words, it is the cohesiveness in the cake. And if you finish with liquid, sometimes the cake can uh, almost end up rubbery. Um, and so, and, and, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing about, uh, cake bakers. And so for all the bakers that are listening, kudos to you today, because you're a scientist, you're mathematicians. And a lot of times, uh, and you're very obedient children, because if you don't follow the rules, Kevin, baking is so specific. You, a lot of times you'll say, well, why didn't my cake rise? Why is it flat? Why is it too dry? And it's, um, and it's really a science behind, um, baking cakes, room temperature uh, for eggs, for your butter, all of that has a purpose. If your butter is too cold, the cake usually ends up too stiff. If your eggs are not, so all everything is done on purpose, uh, even sifting in your flour opposed to just pouring it in has a final effect on the the end product, the texture of the cake, the lightness of the cake when you're done. So following directions uh Unlike other things that you're cooking where you may be able to take a lot more liberty, when you're baking, you really want to know the the basic science behind it. Not a lot of <clears throat> pinch of this and pinch of that when you're doing a cake. Well, my grandmother could do that. <laughs> but I think that, you know, the old folk had science just built into them, you know. But uh, for me, as a, especially, you know, being a novice and wanting to bake, it is learning to uh, really be more specific about following just the basic rules. And, and my thought would be, too, was why, because I thought, you know, well, why don't we just don't dump all, all the stuff in there at one time? And I imagine by going bit by bit, wet, dry, wet, dry, you're allowing the ingredients to be better mixed together. Make you're sure you aerating don't have any... the cake. Right. That's the term. You, you want to be able to aerate the cake and you, you don't want to overbeat the cake. You also don't want to underbeat the cake. So it's learning. And I, and I do all of my cakes by hand. So it's learning to be able, to, opposed to just, you know, turning your stand mixer on and letting it run for, you know, a couple of minutes. For me, it really is exercising those guns, but it's learning to whip, you know, with a precision so that everything is folded in as it should be. You don't want lumps of flour left. You don't want clumps of sugar. That's why, um, you know, the suggestions is always to have everything at room temperature to make sure that uh, there is this beautiful cohesiveness so that even with your eggs, you don't end up with all the streaking in your eggs because it's nothing like tasting an eggy cake. You know. Well, and uh, you talked about the making sure you don't have lumps of this or that, and that's one thing. Uh, when I use my electric mixer when I'm baking, what I need to think about doing is, you know, when you get the spatula out and, and sort of occasionally scrape your edges right off the side, and and sort of I would often sometimes try to guide it back into the little uh, into the um, 
the petals. Yeah, of the uh, what are those beaters? Yes. <laughs> so that it does mix well, because I've done noticed that same thing where <clears throat> you think the cake is well mixed, and then when you're pouring it in, suddenly you see a spot that wasn't. Oh well no, mixed. there's a lump in my cake. <laughs> Who put the lump in my cake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had one of those moments, Kevin. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> and then my other tip would be um, to. If you need a softened cream cheese or a butter to not do it in the microwave because melting is not the same as softening, uh, but to really keep it out, I would say maybe up to an hour, you know, pay, maybe take your butter out and put it on the counter maybe up to an hour before you start cooking because you do want it softened and it's amazing how well better, how much better it mixes into things when it's soft. Absolutely. And one of the things that I do, Kevin, especially like if I'm in a hurry to bake a cake and these items are not softened, you know, there are always ways to cheat. I don't use my microwave for anything other than decorations and that's just my deal, right? But to take a a pot, put water in it, just like you were going to melt chocolate, put your bowl and then put your, your butter or cream cheese in that bowl and let the steam soften it. Uh, so that it will bring it to room temperature. You don't want it, like you said, to be melty and hot, but you do want it at room temperature, and that's a great way. And you just kind of turn it a couple of times, and it'll soften through and through consistently, and you'll end up with a really nice product at the end. We're talking about cakes today, and I can't believe we haven't gotten a single phone call. I know there have got to be some cake lovers out there that are listening this morning, and if you are, we need to hear from you. Let us know what your favorite kind of cake is. Uh, It doesn't have to be a southern cake, although I would imagine uh, most people's favorite cake might show up on this list of classic southern cakes that we've got from southern living magazine anyway the number to call it's one eight seven seven mpb ring our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four you can always email the show as well send it to food at mpbonline.org <clears throat> now um, i sometimes get confused because i think there are two different types of flour that you can find in most grocery stores and it's Self-rising, and what's the other one called that I can't think of right now? But what what do you, what is the difference, and which sort of flour do, would you generally use for baking a cake? I usually just cheat and get the cake flour. Okay, there you, you know, go. <laughs> um, but if you go if you're gonna if you're gonna use an all-purpose flour, uh, and you want to you know even with that you want to make sure that you sift it. Um, and you know it's the difference between ad- adding measurements of salt. And baking soda into your into your product, right? But you always, and even when I'm using cake flour, uh, Kevin, I'm always sifting because I'm looking for that, uh, you know, smooth, light texture in a cake, um, and and it's me learning not to make cakes so dense. Uh, nothing, and you know, nobody usually complains if the taste is really good, but it's something about having a really light, decadent cake that just sends your brain energy to another level. So um, when you sift the flour, you would be, you'd get your measuring cup out, measure out two cups, and then put it through the sifter. Uh, is that right? Or do you sift first and then measure? Um, no, you're going to go ahead and take your, your correct measurements. And for instance, if you're doing a pound cake, usually the standard is three cups of flour and you're going to measure that out and then you're going to sift it. Okay. And then you add it uh, little by little into, uh, whatever it is that you are baking. And usually, like you said, it's alternating, uh, flour and milk. If that's what your recipe calls for, if you're doing a sour cream uh, cake, you know, you don't use milk for that or with a cream cheese cake. So it just depends on which cake that you're 
that you're baking. Uh, but but again, it's it's to that helps maybe make sure there are no lumps in the flour. But again, possibly it begins to aerate it as well. It lightens up the texture of the flour so that again the cake is not so dense and heavy. And and that's again with your butter and your uh, milk and your uh, eggs. You want to make sure that the temperatures are really you know at room temperature when you start using them. We've got some phone calls to get to. Let's start in Jackson. Bob has called in today. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Bob. Good Go ahead. Uh, you were talking about uh, adding wet to dry or dry to wet. Uh, you want to add dry to your wet, otherwise you'll get uh, pockets of dry flour in the uh, in the process. Absolutely. So that, that's how you keep from getting the giant lumps. All right. And as far as um, room temperature fats, like a butter or whatever you're using, you want to do that because when you're mixing that, when you're creaming that with the sugar, the sugar mechanically creates voids as it rakes through the fat. Mm -hmm. You need those voids because that's where the gases can expand to make your cake rise. Wow. Da-da. All right, Bob. (laughs) Thanks very much. Uh, And as you mentioned, uh, cake baking is quite a science. It is. uh, Bob gave us uh, there just a little. And that's good to know is, you know, why am I having to do it this way? And uh, I'm just saying, I think it's sexy that a man knows that much about (laughs) cake. There are reasons for it, and it'll help your cake uh, turn out better. So, Bob, appreciate that. Good way to start off the show. Let's uh, know. Next, we have Miranda, who's called in on the road this morning. Go ahead. Hey, Miranda. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. I was calling to tell you guys, uh, first of all, you all were talking about um, favorite cakes. Right. My favorite cake is uh, a wedding cake. Would that be considered a southern cake? I am a lover of the classic wedding cake. I would say that it is because it's popular It's uh, from Mexico to Texas, and then it's made its way through Louisiana and Mississippi. So let me, let me see. Is that southern? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that is very southern. <laughs> it's very southern, and it's very, very delicious. It is. I also have a surprise guest in the car that you guys might be familiar with. I'm on the road traveling to Memphis, and we're on the way to Canada. Uh, I'm not sure if you know uh, Sharita Brent. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you know, when you started to say that, I looked at the name again. I was like, wait a minute, Miranda, Miranda. I know a Miranda. I only know two Mirandas, and the other one was a little kid in a movie. So what do I say? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hey, hey Sharita. Sharita how, girl, I got goosebumps. I miss you. We are doing well, and my favorite cake is lemon cake. All right. Lemon cake and strawberry shortcake. I'm really enjoying the show. All right. Good to hear from you. Oh, my gosh. Really good to hear from you. And uh, knock them dead in Canada, girl. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Miranda, thank you so much for this. Good to hear from you all. All right. (laughs) Safe travels. Uh, this is Deep South Dining. By the way, in case anyone uh, doesn't know, that's uh, Sharita Brent, a budding stand-up comedian, former uh, uh, co-worker here at MPB. So we certainly wish her the best. Her career has really begun to take off. And if I remember from seeing on online, I think she was either going to or has been to the the – I can't, just just for yucks, I think it's called, but it's a, a very prestigious uh, uh, um, comedy thing in Toronto that I think that she's going to. That's where again. she's headed to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, that was really great to hear from her. And again, uh, kudos to you, Sharita. We miss you a lot, yes. uh, but it's fun to see uh, your career skyrocket. And I think she's going to be big. And we can all say we knew her when. You know? I'm going to say I still know her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why y'all going to know her when. I'm, Sharita, are you listening? I'm still going to know you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on the line, we've got uh, Kathleen from Osaka. Good morning, Kathleen. Well, good morning. Hey, good like morning. A good steamy morning. <laughs> you know what they're putting out here on the sidewalks? Um, one, 
Sharita stole my thunder. I like a lemon chiffon cake. Came out in the 50s or so, and it's my favorite cake for the summer because it's lemon. But if they have gentlemen out there that know how to cook or bake, let's put it that way. I know how to cook, but I never learned how to bake because I'm such a short person with a low center of gravity. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to put myself in the danger zone, so I always learned how to cook. But I do appreciate that. You know, I always enjoy your show. And, uh, Debbie, uh, Deborah, I've got to get with you about where I can get the cookbook. Well, trying you, to find- you can go online to get the cookbook at Amazon.com. Barnes and Nobles, and now you can go to your local bookstore and simply ask for the book, and I think it takes them about two days to get it to you. It's My Delicious Southern Life. It's My Delicious Mississippi Life. Mississippi Life. Well, I knew we couldn't get you out of the South with that. (laughs) Not to to change the subject, I used your pea salad recipe, brought it to uh, a Fourth of July thing. I claimed it was my own. I finally told him it was was mine (laughs) at the end. But let me tell you, this is good what's in it. I didn't tell him it was Philly cream cheese to the very end, but I enjoyed it. That's one of my favorite salads. It's very, very easy. All right. Well, Y'all have a good show, and I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Kathleen, for the call. Uh, we need to take another quick break. When we get back, we've got some callers on the line as well. Uh, but uh, one of the things that Deborah always does well with her desserts and cakes is how moist they are. So what is the secret to a moist cake? We will talk about that after this break. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. MPB News is leading the way, covering stories that matter to Mississippians with five first-place awards from the Associated Press, including breaking news, radio achievement, and public affairs reporting. Your source for a deeper look at today's top story is MPB News. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about cakes. We'd like to know what your favorite kind of cake is, maybe a recipe you'd like to share with us. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show as well. Send it to food at mpbonline.org. And just an update, uh, Sharita texted us and said the name of the festival is the Just for Laughs Festival, and she's on her way to Montreal, Canada. And I think she mentioned uh, Kevin Hart being there. So again, we wish her the best. And it was always good uh, to hear from her and Miranda as they make their way up to the great north. Tell Sharita, the only person that I know shorter than her is Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Um, ah, before the break, I talked about uh, the secret to a moist cake. So, Deborah, what uh, would you say are maybe tips or secrets to making sure that your cake comes out nice and moist? Kevin, you're not going to make me tell you. I literally have little fairies in my house. I don't cook really? cake. <laughs> <laughs> and the fairies come out and it's like being in a cartoon and they just make the cake for me and I take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, again, it is, um, you know, f- following the basic techniques, making sure that the flour is sifted, that your eggs and uh, butter is at room temperature. Uh, and uh, like my milk, some may just argue with this, but slightly at 
below room temperature. I don't want it super cold when you infuse it into the ingredients because it will shock the batter. So it's making sure that, and then taking your time, uh, not to be in a hurry cooking a cake. You know, it's it really is a process, step one, step two, and you, you can't really be in a hurry doing that. Making sure that your oven is preheated is very, very important. Making sure that your pans, especially when you're making pound cakes, are lightly uh, oiled and floured beforehand, not right before you put it in um, in the oven. A few minutes. Uh, so before I start to put my cake together, the first thing that I'm going to do is oil my pan and dust it with a light coating of flour and set it for just a few minutes. So all of those things just become important. You know, they don't when you see somebody else doing it, it doesn't look like it has much value to it. But it really does have a lot of importance at the end when you're getting that finished product. So in a lot of things, the details in the preparation there. So make sure you follow directions well and, and use proper ingredients and that sort of thing. And you should get a nice uh, moist cake as a reward. Uh, Eric sent us an email that says, hi, my favorite cake growing up that I got for my birthday every year was a Mississippi mud cake made by my aunt. Where does the name come from? And I've got the answer on Wikipedia. If you. Yes, please go right. ahead. <laughs> Uh, this is according to Wikipedia. It says uh, Mississippi mud pie is a chocolate-based dessert pie uh, likely to have originated in the U.S. state of Mississippi. The treat contains a gooey chocolate sauce on top of a crumbly chocolate crust. The pie is usually served with ice cream. Um, the uh, Mississippi mud pies derive from the dense cake, which resembles the banks of the Mississippi River. There you have it. So, And with all the ooey-gooeyness, it couldn't be from anywhere else in the world. <laughs> I mean, we're just like that. Have you ever hugged a Mississippian before? <laughs> it's the most ooey, gooey, yummiest feeling you can ever have in your life. So why would not cakes be that way? All right. We've got some calls on the line. Let's start again in Beaumont. Sue has called in today. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Hey, I, Sue. I heard on Martha Stewart years ago that all your ingredients, as you say, have to be at room temperature. You know, your shortening, your fat, your butter, whatever you're using, everything should be at room temperature. And she had a good idea about how to warm up eggs if you keep your eggs in the refrigerator. She said, just take your eggs out, put them in a bowl of tepid water, in the shell, of course, and just put them in a bowl of tepid water for about 10 minutes or so, and they'll warm up just fine. And that works for me. Like, so I won't make a box cake mix. I just warm the eggs up there and ready to go. All right. All right, Sue, thanks for the tip. That sounds like a good one. And, again, uh, you had talked about that, the secret being, the, you know, want every, all those ingredients at room temperatures. That's a quick way to get your eggs up to snuff so that they can uh, be added to the cake as well. Uh, next, we've got to go to Mobile. Patty has called in today. Good morning, Patty. Hey, Patty. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my tip is, well, first of all, my favorite cake is my sour cream pound cake. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely moist and dense and delicious. Never fails. And my tip is that if you forget, for some reason, to get the butter out in time, to soften it and take an hour, you can grate your butter, ah. grate it on a box grater. Okay. And it works beautifully for softening, and you're ready to go. All right. I don't know about cream cheese. I've never tried to grate soften or grate cream cheese, you know, to soften it that way, but the butter does beautifully. All right. Patty, thanks for the tip. That sounds like a good one. I would think cream cheese would be a little dicier because it's not as consistent as butter is. I, I Unless mean, you, you know, buy a lot of it. Like when my favorite grocery will have it on sale, I'll buy a lot of it and I'll freeze it. So if it's frozen, you can do that. Uh, but the uh, the warm water 
will soften the cream cheese. Leave it in the foil and just drop it in a little bit of warm water and it will soften it. All right. Another call to get to. We say good morning to Mike from Slidell. Good morning, Mike. Hello. Hello, y'all. Hey, uh, Mike from Mama's to... Cakes. How are you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to hold you up because all my people from Tylertown, and you know when you go to them big church get-togethers, them uh, older ladies, they can sure pump up some dessert for everybody. <laughs> but my mama made a cake long time ago and the thing was so heavy it's like holding a piece of brick <laughs> but, uh, she made this uh four or five layer brown cake mix and loaded it up with pieces of almonds pecans and all kinds of stuff and uh she made her own lemon glaze and she would pour that between each layer and then pour it all over the cake, and then cover it up with uh, coconut. And when you got a piece of that, you got a pretty good piece of cake to fill you up. That sounds really good. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, Good to hear from you this morning. That kind of sounds like sort of a take on a fruitcake. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a take on a fruitcake or, you know, um, a slight... Uh, you know, um, hummingbird cake, maybe with a twist to it. And that's the wonderful thing, again, about anything that you're cooking. You can always add your own uh, creativity to it. It's just that when you're baking, you just have to remember the basic uh, science behind it. It really is a very simple science behind baking. Uh, the French may not agree with me, but um, <laughs> you, it's very simple. And once you get those basic techniques together, and it's a great way, again, to teach your children uh, basic fractions, you know, if they're having problems learning math, to take them in the kitchen and just teach them some basic math and some simple science techniques. All right, so uh, before our next break, we're going to have a little fun here. As I mentioned, uh, Southern Living Magazine came up with a list of classic Southern cakes. So, Deborah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a cake, and we'll just say maybe one or two things, maybe the kind of the first thing that comes into your head about that particular cake. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. I'm going to make this good. Okay. (laughs) Caramel cake. Yummy. All right. (laughs) Deborah's in full... uh, Game show contestant <laughs> mode here. <clears throat> I like that, too. And, again, I think I mentioned this last week when we mentioned caramel cake. But to me, those thin layers of that yellow cake with the caramel icing in between, just really uh, tasty. And so that that certainly is one of my favorite uh, uh, southern cakes. And for me, it's making the icing from scratch. Uh Caramel icing from scratch, you just cannot beat it, Kevin. It's it's getting the butter and the brown sugar. And uh, and for me, I'm using a little bit of heavy cream and a pinch of sugar and watching that, you know, come together in my pot and making sure that I'm stirring just perfectly. It's just one of those yummy things that I love to do when I'm making caramel cake. On a related note to caramel, my oldest brother uh, doesn't cook very well. Um, he's begun to learn how well, to do thanks that. Thanks for putting his business well, in the no. street. <laughs> I think he would admit that. But last year when he went to his relatives for Thanksgiving, he found a recipe for a caramel cake, which involves um, you boil the condensed milk in In the can. And he was saying that it was very simple uh, and turned out great. And he was the hit of the of the uh, afternoon's celebration. So. Um, and it really is a trick to um, a, a nice caramel glaze. You take a can of sweet condensed milk and you boil it for, I believe it's almost an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you just pop the lid and there you have this beautiful, rich, thick caramel right in a can and you just pour it over. I didn't believe him when he first told me that, but that, yeah, that that's online. <laughs> you and sound that's like a- my mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? 
right. now I'm going to therapy twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, red velvet cake. Christmas. Okay. Uh, it's like the perfect holiday cake. You know, you, it shows up for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it just it's just fills the house with this decadent idea. But I could eat it any time of the year, and I want it moist, and I want that beautiful cream cheese feeling to just be, ah, oh, yeah, so it's Christmas. That's my favorite cake. All right. Red velvet. Yeah. Without a doubt. Red all, velvet, All the time, baby. any time of year. <laughs> I would say decadent because to me, the dark red of the cake with the white cream cheese, it just really is very uh, visually appealing to me. Now, here's another one that I honestly I've heard of but don't think I've ever eaten, and it is the Lane Cake. Uh, according to Southern Living Magazine, featured in the novel To Kill a Mockingbird. I have no idea what the Lane Cake okay, is. I've right. never had the Lane Cake. Like I said, I've heard the name, but I don't know. So, hey, if you're listening and you know what a Lane Cake is, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven. I know what a Lane Date is. <laughs> MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's get a couple more cakes here before our next break. Carrot cake. Oh, I think of my aunt Pearl. She makes the best carrot cake that I've ever had in my life, and it's and it's having those bites of raisins, golden raisins, and pecans, and that finely grated cake, uh, carrots in this really moist cake with infused with you know wonderful spices. Yeah, it makes me happy. Yeah, carrot cake is another one of my favorites, and I I I envision that as you mentioned the the grated up carrots in the cake. So to me, there's a little bit. It's not a, a smooth cake if that makes sense, but there's a little bit of texture to it, which I enjoy. And again, uh, the icing is, is a big thing for me on, on almost every cake. Uh, and um, the the rum cake, all right. My first thought is, yes, this is going to be a great date. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, Kevin, I made rum cake and I took it to the Capitol. And I'm going to say all those people are now my friends. That's all I have to say. <laughs> All right, it is time to take one more break. When we get back, we'll continue talking about cakes. We've talked all about cakes, but the most important part, aha, the icing. Aha. What is tips for uh, a good some icing? And also, what is a lane cake? Uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll wrap up the show after this break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We've been talking today about cakes, specifically southern cakes. Um, so if you'd like to join our conversation, still time at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So somebody wanted to know if a red velvet cake was a chocolate cake with red velvet, I mean with red um, dye in it, and it is. And if you don't want to use um, food coloring, you, you know, you can also uh, perk up some raspberries and um, dil- dilute the, drain all of the uh, fruit out, add sugar, bring it to a nice thick boil so that you cre- create a uh, syrup, and then infuse that in for coloring okay. uh, when you're making the cake. 
Very good. All right. So uh, we've got some calls to get to. But first, just maybe uh, we talked about um, making cakes. But then, I, as I mentioned, one of my favorite parts is the icing. Um, so any tips on uh, icing or frost? Well, I guess icing and frosting would be interchangeable. Um, they are interchangeable. A, there's a difference between a ganache, a glaze, a frosting, and an icing are, are pretty much the same people. Okay. Yeah. So what would your tips be for properly frosting a cake? Um, so when I'm making, um, to properly frost a cake, the one, the one thing that you want to do is make sure that that cake is cool. You don't want to start putting your icing on that cake when it's hot because, of course, if you try to do that before, the cake may taste good when it's over, but it's going to look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to do that. So um, make sure your cake is cool. You want to do your crumb layer first. And a lot of times, Kevin, once I do my crumb layer, especially if it's something that, you know, I, I want to be really decadent, I'll put it in the refrigerator and let that crumb layer cool for about 15 or 20 minutes. Then I'll pull the cake back out and I'll start to add the additional ice. And that way, um, because it's the crumb layer is now chilled, you d- I'm sorry. What what is the crumb layer? Well, uh, the the very thin layer of icing that you're going to put on at first. Okay. You know, and you want to make sure that you have a nice coating on it first, and it, and you have to be very careful because what you don't want is the crumbs off the cake into your your icing. So the first the first coating is called your crumb. Gotcha. Uh, your crumb um, coating. Mm-hmm. And so once you do that. The secret for me is then to place the cake back in the refrigerator and let it chill. Okay. And then I'll add the icing on. And then you usually get a very smooth, um, you know, texture when you start to icing it. And you not have so much resistance when you're putting the icing on your cake. The other thing is to make sure that your icing is really um, whipped really nice and smooth, that it's not too dense when you're putting it on the cake. You don't want it to be too fine, but you don't want it to be too dense either. So it's getting that texture right. Especially when you're dealing with your buttercream icings or your cream cheese icings, you want that to have a really nice creamy texture to it when you're putting it on. So I did not, I never did the crumb layer, never knew about that, but that makes a whole lot of sense. And I like your tip about sticking it in the refrigerator because, again, you're cooling that down and, and it really the icing is adhering so those crumbs don't get loose and then right. mess up your nice smooth uh, top layer there. Exactly. All right, got a couple calls to get to. We start again uh, in Paris. Cynthia has called in today. Good morning, uh, Cynthia. Go ahead. I'm not the type of person that plans ahead, so do you have a hint on how to get your eggs and butter at room temperature quickly? Well, absolutely. Um, one of one of the things, and we've talked about this a couple of times today. One of the things that I usually do, uh, Cynthia, with my uh, butter is just like I'm going to melt my chocolate. I'll bring some water to a steep, and I'll put the bowl over and let the steam soften my butter. Uh, because, you know, I'm just old. I don't really use a microwave for a whole lot, so I don't stick my butter in the microwave. The other thing is, is with your eggs, you can um, bring water to just barely warm. And one of our callers shared this with us earlier, just barely warm. You don't want that water boiling because if you do, you're going to end up with boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. Just just barely warm and then place those eggs in that water. And then you take a spoon and you turn those eggs just very gently. And then it'll bring it to room temperature very, very quickly for you. All right, oh, I appreciate it all so right. much. And it must be fabulous telling people you are from Paris. <laughs> I love it. I oh, love I'm it. so jealous. Where are you from, darling? Paris. <laughs> All right. Good to hear from you, Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia. Cynthia, sorry. Um, 
And again, you know, it's kind of a slow, both with the steam and then with the water. It's a, it's kind of a slow process, but eventually you'll get those things up to room temperature. And again, you will not go and then start to cook them because that's what you would be wanting to try to avoid in that situation. Exactly. Um, we've got Craig on the line from Biloxi. Good morning, Craig. Okay, yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah, I got a comment about the sifting. If you have a triple sifter, that's the hardest thing to find in the store. And I would always double sift my dry stuff. Okay. Uh, and uh, it, when you're filling the pan, you don't scrape the pan. You know, when you're filling your your cake pan, you don't scrape a spoon on the side because it takes off that Crisco coating. So, and, uh, so you're would, saying when you're oiling your winter. cake pans, I'm trying to understand. So when you're oiling your cake pans, you're saying don't scrape it with a spoon? When you're filling, you, you oil it and then put your powder on there, your flour, and then when you're filling it with your your mix, you don't touch the pan inside the pan with anything. Exactly. And then, okay. I, let, and then I let the pan, the cake cool when I take it out of the pan, out of the oven. I let it cool all the way because a lot of times they'll shrink and they'll just pop right out. Mm-hmm. Or they do like I did uh, and tear up because that's what happened to me yesterday. If you take the cake out ahead of time and it's still too warm, it will just tear up on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get better texture and like and like I said, they they do shrink and uh, and they'll just slide around in the pan. All right, all right, uh, Craig. Uh, thanks for your call. Um, now, <clears throat> I usually use the spray. Do you think that there is an advantage to the older-fashioned way of oiling and, and flouring your uh, p- cake pan? Well, the thing that you, you have to know is whether you use butter, if you're going to use Crisco, or if you're using spray, the outside is going to affect the outside texture of what the cake looks like. Sometimes it can cause your cake to be too dark on the outside, uh, and you have to be really careful with butters because sometimes butter will do that. And so if, you, if you're using butter to oil your pan, you'll notice sometimes that it, your the outer crust may just be a little bit dark. I don't really like using sprays, um, but if if you do, that's fine. And um, so what I usually do is I have a mixture of uh, Crisco and butter that I, and you can buy this in the store already pre-done for you, that I whip together. I keep a little bit because I cook a lot of cakes. And I like to use that together. And then a light coating of flour. And then if you find that you have too much flour in your pan, just simply turn it and tilt it and pat the bottom of it and the excess flour will come out because if it's too much flour that will um it heats itself to the cake when it's baking and it can give it a really ugly texture or look to it as well so do you kind of sprinkle your flour in there and shake your pan how do you got, kind of get an even coating of that flour all through the cake pan um well, yes, I sprinkle a little bit on, Kevin. You can use a sifter to do it if you want to, but I just sprinkle a little bit on. And again, you just simply turn your pan upside down if you find that you have too much uh, and then just tap some of it out so that you get a really nice, even consistency with the flour. And then again, <clears throat> I guess the good thing is when you're doing that, you you can see where the flour is adhered to so you know kind of which way to tilt your pan or which end to beat on. Or, that if kind of you, thing. or if you need to add a little bit more in there. And it really is important to, if you want to get this cake out and it's really pretty, you do want to lightly oil and flour. You don't want to put too much oil because you don't want to then uh, have a really greasy textured cake. Um, but just put a, put a little bit, nice little coating on. And then, again, the flour is very important. Um, to add to it. So all those things, you know, like doing cakes is a lot of fun and it's nothing like, you know, having your eyes, you know, wide open when you see these beautiful cakes on the table. So I tell everybody to try it. 
because uh, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that's what I say about everything that I do. If I can do it, Kevin, ask my mama. <laughs> <laughs> anybody can do it. <clears throat> and so, again, uh, don't forget to uh, oil and flour the sides of the cake pan as well as the bottom. Exactly. And you want to, uh, if you're having a, a tube cake pan, you want to make sure that you oil and flour the tube. You want to do the whole cake pan on the inside. Make sure that it's... It's done really well. And do it first before you even start to put your ingredients together. Anywhere where batter touches pan, you want some of that. Exactly. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.